Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What about Sublime? You like Sublime? Yes. Okay, see, that's yes. good. See, okay, we're we're branching out a oh, little it's, bit. Oh, that's okay, dude. I I, I don't <laughs> care what kind of music anybody likes as long as you like music. You're just Sean trying- Rainey, like music. You're just... You- <laughs> Sean Rainey was, we didn't even, we were, of course, our good buddy Bill Lambert, he was talking Springsteen, of course he was. Of course. At uh, the Big Shot Tournament. The Sean was like, I don't even know, I don't even know any Springsteen. Okay. I'm like, come on, bro. That's bad. Come on. <laughs> no, you're just trying, I think after a couple months now of doing this, four months of doing this together, you're just trying to find my category, and I'm in my own, where you can't really dissect all of it because I'm sprinkled like in. the Eagles? Yes. Oh. Love the Okay, Eagles. we're going to start playing some Eagles. Love the Eagles. There's, there's a sweet spot for you. Nuanez now. <laughs> Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. Joining me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this together each Monday and Tuesday. I do this each Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide TV, SWX Montana Television. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. All over the place. We talked a lot about, uh, we had some news, a little bit of a bulletin board at the top, uh, some entries in the transfer portal from the Lady Grizz as well as the uh, Montana State Bobcat football team. Talked a little MSU football depth chart. Talked about the good news, the Jordan Sullivan being retained at uh, 
University of Montana on the women's basketball staff. And uh, we also talked some FCS playoffs. We talked some baseball. We also had some Treasure State stars. So if you missed anything in the first hour, you can always find it on the podcast. Podcast is available on all of your podcast hosting platforms, as well as on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Podcast is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications. We're going to answer some of your texts. Thanks to some of you out there that are texting. I know that our uh, good friend of the show, Kevin, is lighting me up right now. And we're going to, rather than texting you back, I'm just going to, we're just going to oh, talk perfect. about this. Oh, perfect. This is great. But not yet. We're going to talk something else real quick. This is cool. The First of all, I think soccer is such an interesting sport in Montana. Because girls soccer in Montana at the high school level is good. It's really good. Very competitive. I actually think that it could be better, too, because I think a lot of the great girls that play soccer are also multi-sport athletes, and they go on and play other sports. Like Cameron Hillborn from Helena High, she was a great soccer player. She could definitely be playing college soccer, and she instead played basketball at Montana State and now playing basketball at Carroll. She's also dabbled in track. She's been a D1 track athlete. Did you cross paths? Uh, you probably crossed paths with her as a Montana State player, but Jackie Elliott? Jackie Elliott. From, she's a Billing Central girl. I was just going to say, where'd she go to high school? Exactly. No, Jackie Elliott played for the Cats when I was in Bozeman. When you were doing play-by-play yes. uh-huh. for, for MSU women's basketball. Right. Yeah. But Jackie Elliott was a phenomenal oh soccer player. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yes. But then we've also had some great girls like Avery Collins, who's now playing professional soccer. So regardless, I think that soccer, it's interesting because twofold. One, sometimes the best soccer players from Montana actually end up playing other sports. But I also think it's a great opportunity for girls from Montana because there's only the one team at the University of Montana since Montana State doesn't have soccer. So you can kind of be some of the best of the best that play for uh, the Lady Grizz. I know that we're selfish on this, but wouldn't it be great if soccer and softball, they got it at Bozeman? And so you could have the true... I I truly think, and this might be overblown, and you can keep me in check on this, Coulter, I feel that it would elevate both sports in the state as far as from the high school level and on down, yeah. if you had it at both. And it became more of the, the rivalry that we see with football, basketball, other sports as well. I think that the thing that would that would have to happen, really twofold, I think you'd have to fund it at a very high level. I think that Montana soccer is well-funded, but I think it would need to be even more well-funded. I also think that there would have to be, because of the funding, part of it would have to be the raise of prestige of the programs because the scenario that we have right now is what I just explained. A lot of times the best girls soccer players don't go play soccer in college. If there's more opportunities, maybe they would. But also, like you look at Montana's roster right now, they do have a smattering of Montana girls, but it's mostly girls from around the region, not actually in state. And that's not because there's not enough girls that want to play soccer in Montana. It's because sometimes they play other sports, but also some of the best soccer recruits are a Pac-12 level soccer player, you know? And so you'd have to do your best to keep the the best in-state girls in-state to be able to fortify two teams. But I think you could do it. I, I certainly think you could do it. I think just with the, the institutional momentum that Montana State has right now and the the, the majors that they are able to offer academically, I, I think that any women's sport could thrive in, mm-hmm. in Bozeman just because of the, the campus atmosphere right now, some of the great leadership on campus, the fact that, I mean, having a female president is very impactful when it comes to women's sports because Wider Cruzado makes sure that the women's sports at Montana State are well-funded and well-regarded and all of that stuff. So it is pretty cool. But this is cool that the University of Montana is making their fifth NCAA tournament appearance in the history of the program. This is the second in three years under Chris Chudovitsky. He has done an exceptional job. Montana soccer was great in the 1990s under, under Betty DeVos. 
Then they had a pretty big lull in the 2000s. Like when I was in college, a lot of the soccer girls were some of my best friends, and they were great players, but they, they there was just a, a missing link when it came to making the talent perform at a, an exceptionally high, like regionally elite level. Mark Pekoris got it going a little bit. He had an NCAA tournament appearance in 2011, and it sort of set the, the stage and, and had, had the cabinet uh, full. But then there was the falling out that he experienced, and Chris Chudovitsky took over a program that was in a little bit of turmoil and he's done a phenomenal job. This is his second NCAA tournament appearance in three years. In between that, they won the Big Sky regular season title, and uh, they were upset in the Big Sky tournament. But they're heading back to the big dance of soccer. They play Thursday, Wilson, North Carolina. They play South Carolina. If you're wondering uh, the the folds of South Carolina, well, South Carolina is a soccer powerhouse. I, I wouldn't call them a dynasty, but they are a powerhouse. They've been to the NCAA tournament, I believe, 13 consecutive times. The interesting fold here, though, is they played their normal regular season in the fall. So they clinched this berth. Uh, they actually had to go on a little bit of a run in the SEC tournament to be able to get to this spot. But they they upset a couple teams in the NCAA tournament, made it to the championship match, ended up losing that SEC championship match. But they've only played a couple games this spring that were basically just friendlies or scrimmage types. So they haven't been in a fierce competition in months. And that could be the X factor in all of this because Rust, all of those, and with the style that Montana plays, right? They want this to be as low scoring as possible, give themselves a chance, Claire Howard in goal. That's the formula to success here. I do think the biggest element of all of it is that South Carolina might be a little bit rusty. And just for the historical perspective of it, for folks that are saying, okay, South Carolina soccer, uh, where are they at historically? Well, They've made the NCAA tournament 12 times in the last 13 years. They were in the final four in 2017. They were in the final eight in 2014, 2016, and 2019. So this is a uh, pretty significant challenge going in for Montana, but uh, they have a ton of confidence. And I think, Coulter, that, and you found this out by talking with Coach Chidovitsky and just being around their team as much as we could this year, this is a team that deserves to be praised for sticking together because there were no seniors on the squad that won the regular season title and got upset by Northern Colorado in 2019. Same core group that went to the NCAA tournament for the first time under Coach Chitovitsky in 2018. They all stayed together to have this magical run. This team will be looked at as one where you're going to have multiple players that are in the record books, and a lot of them are coming back. For the fall of 2021. Right. So this is a really magical time. And I know that, you know, we're all guilty of this, Coulter. But at times, you know, until a Grizz or a Cat team makes it to this level, do we pay attention? I just think it's important to understand the limelight that Grizz soccer is in right now. That I, I would say that this is the, the a three-year run, at least a three-year run, where you got to go back to 2018 yeah. this year and what's going to happen in the fall as well. I've actually found it quite fascinating from my own personal perspective. Obviously, we we want to be as objective as we possibly can. We want to give everybody as much of a fair shake as we possibly can. But uh, at this show, success is praised. And the more you win, the more success you have, the more we're going to cover you. And I've found myself, actually, we I mean, if you've been listening to the show regularly this spring, we've covered the Grizz soccer team as much as anybody because yeah. they've just won. Yeah. I think Chris Chudovitsky is a great uh a great coach. I think he's really, really good at building team culture. I just, I think that he himself is a very smart guy. I just enjoy having him on this show. And so it has been cool. And this is a good story. The fact that they did return everybody after that heartbreaking loss in the tournament in 2019. And it's been cool to watch the fact that they have multiple seniors that are going out on top. I mean, Claire Howard, goalkeeper of the year in the Big Sky Conference, set the 
Big Sky Conference record for career shutouts. Alexa Coyle, senior from Bozeman. She's been their number one goal scorer. You had Mimi Iden and uh, Taylor Stoger both scored goals at a higher rate than ever before uh, as, as their senior years wind down as well. So I got up with Chris Davisky this morning. He is a couple hours away. So uh, there's a couple little little ticks in this uh, cell phone connection because he is on the other side of the country. So a little apology for that. But here's Chris Davisky, his team, 4 p.m. Thursday, Wilson, North Carolina. This is our coach's corner. Well, it's time now for our Coach's Corner. And we welcome in, on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, Montana soccer head coach, Chris Chudovitsky, his team preparing for a first-round match in the NCAA tournament later this week in Wilson, North Carolina. So first and foremost, Coach, we got to start with a big congratulations. Awesome for you and your squad to be able to go to the NCAA tournament. Must be feeling pretty good right now. I know still a lot to accomplish, but uh, must be pretty fun for you and your team to be in, on the soccer's biggest stage. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you look at women's soccer, besides the Women's World Cup, the Olympic Games, the highest level of soccer, one of the best competitions in the world right now is NCAA Division One Women's Soccer Tournament. I mean, this is where you want to be because the level of play is so high, the level of talent, and then it's, I mean, this is what they're all dreaming about. So to be here is pretty cool. Let's talk about the path to get here. You guys had the great rally against Eastern Washington in your regular season finale to earn the Northwest portion of the regular season championship, take the top seed in the tournament. Then in the tournament, a thriller against Northern Colorado in the semifinals goes down to overtime. You get an overtime goal to send you into the final. So before we get to what then happened in the final, tell us about that match because we haven't talked to you since then. So what was it like going back and forth with Northern Colorado, a team that had eliminated you from the tournament back in 2019? Yeah, it was uh, frustrating, to put it nicely. <laughs> um, I feel like once we went up on zero, I felt like we had some pretty good control of things. They just started sending extra bodies forward out of the back, which overwhelmed us a bit. And the goal we gave up was on a deflection, a shot that hit Alexa Coyle in the hand, of all things, that ended up bouncing by Clay Howard. But um, I love the response from the team in overtime. At no point was there a letdown and a, oh, no, they scored on us. This is terrible. I think we, we learned our lesson from Eastern that people are going to try to keep up with us. And we've just got to keep fighting. So to find a way to win it in overtime and be as aggressive as we were was really cool. Both goals come from a senior, Taylor Stogar, including the one that took you home and gave you the the win. So when that goal finally went through the net, that must have been a pretty amazing feeling of collective elation for you and your team. Yes, especially against Northern Colorado. Because, again, I fully respect them as a program, but it's great beating them. I love beating them, and they love beating us. So to beat them in overtime during playoffs, just like they did to us in the previous season, was um, a pretty good feeling, yes. Chris Chinovitsky joining us. He's the third-year head soccer coach for the University of Montana. They play in the NCAA tournament on Thursday, Wilson, North Carolina. And, hey, Coach, we got to talk about them, the championship. You guys are gearing up for a championship. You guys have won this uh, tournament title before, uh, back in 2018. And then it kind of all comes crashing to a halt with Northern Arizona COVID protocols. We don't need to go into all the details on that side because everybody's pretty tired of hearing about that stuff. But what was the feeling like? I mean, on one hand, you're going to the NCAA tournament, but on the other hand, you don't get to play the championship match. So it must have been weird feelings. Very. I mean, I've, I've never experienced anything like it because who gives you something when you haven't played? You know, it doesn't make any sense uh, in my head or anybody else's head. But, I mean, it, it is COVID-19. These are the protocols. Like you said, we don't want to dive into the details of that. But it was just strange because I ended up going into the team room with the team once I got the official confirmation. It said good news and bad news. Bad news is we're not playing. 
good news is we're still going to North Carolina. So um, I feel like it was a mixed response from the team at that point too, but it took a few days and we had to reflect back on the total body of work of, hey, listen, we're sitting here 9-1, and one, uh, 67th in the nation, number eight in our region. We've done well. We do deserve to go there. So let's go there. Let's move through this and let's just have a good experience at the NCAA tournament. March Madness captivates the country every year, and it's always so fun on Selection Sunday watching both the men's and women's teams from basketball uh, when they zoom in on each everybody in their locker rooms and you get announced and all that. Where were you guys at when you found out where you were headed, and, and um, what was that part like, just sort of getting collectively announced and knowing where you were headed? Yeah, um, it was there was about four or five schools that I had in my mind that we were going to potentially draw. So then to draw South Carolina, which was not on my list, <laughs> quite a surprise. Um, and initial gut reaction to drawing somebody like that is, okay, so they're really good. They're highly ranked. They're a, This is the eighth NCAA tournament in a row, so they're a very successful, very well-decorated program with the coaching staff that's been there 19 years. So it's going to be a tough game. But then if you look at how they've done, they won their championship in the fall. They did play a fall season. They've only played a handful of mid-major games right now. The most recent one was against Clemson, which was a decent program. Then they did a exhibition with North Carolina behind closed doors. So I feel like since we've just come out of the heat of competition and the last time they fully competed for something was in the fall, I feel like that kind of helps us out. And plus they graduated a couple of key players at the end of the fall who are no longer with them right now going into this tournament. So I'm pretty excited with how it's set up for us. And it's a difficult opponent, but why not? Why not try to win the game, right? No doubt about it. Coach Chinovitsky joining us on the Coach's Quarter here on Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Chris Soccer plays against South Carolina, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, Wilson, North Carolina. Coach, when you come to scout, when you, when you talk about scouting a team like South Carolina, the fact that they did play the majority of their games in the fall and now you've only had a couple in the spring, what changes, or I guess which tape do you take the most weight in or I guess do you, do you find yourself watching more from the fall or how, how do you kind of go about dissecting what they do uh, strategically yeah that's a really good question uh, we, we've been looking at everything in the fall uh, not, not in the fall sorry in the spring right now so we looked at a couple things from the fall but then moved on from that and you just got to see what they're doing most recently with this current lineup because remember they have graduated some players so the lineup is a little different. Their best player ended up going to play in the Women's Premier League in England, so she plays for Arsenal right now. So um, losing somebody like that changes the way that you play sometimes. And so watching their most recent games, we have a 37-page scout report. As a coaching staff, I think we've gone above and beyond of what we need, and then it's just drip-feeding what you need to drip-feed to the team. Because I think if they saw a 37-page scout report, they would go into a mass panic because <laughs> it's way too much information. But... Um, yeah, I feel like we have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. But what I've learned about the NCAA tournament is you got to be ready for surprises because you can't go in there and do what you've always done because it's too easy to scout you. So you do need to have a couple cards up your sleeve that you're going to play that nobody sees coming. I know we do, and let's see if they do. The fact that you have you yourself and, and you have players on your roster as well that have been here before, uh, can you lean on that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the first experience in 2018 was my first experience going to one. So, um, and that was also a surprise because with fifth seed going into playoffs, nobody really thought, hey, let's have a good playoff. Let's see how far this thing goes. So to go to the NCAA tournament, that was kind of a surprise. This has been the goal since August when we came into camp um, in the fall. And so we've been prepping for this. We're ready for it. 
a ton of maturity throughout the team. And I know I've said this all year. Our seniors are the ones scoring goals in important moments and carrying us through. And they're the ones who are ready for this. So I'm, I'm very confident in their leadership in this moment right now. When you talk about a mid-major league like the Big Sky and then a, a Power 5 league like the SEC, what is the biggest difference that you guys are going <laughs> to see just in terms of um, depth or, or talent gap or, or anything like that? Oh, um, honestly, a little bit of everything. <laughs> Athleticism is usually the biggest thing that you'll see right away, but my learning lesson in 2018 with Washington State was we must recruit better um, if we want to keep up with those types of schools, so we've done that. But, for instance, we have Molly Quarry, freshman, as a U-20 Canadian national team player. They starting midfielder is a full-on representative for Canada who has been playing with Canada during this time as well. So she's trying to qualify and is going to a World Cup. Molly Quarry is trying to go to a Youth National World Cup. So that that's the difference as well is you've got a, a higher level of player oftentimes and then the level of athleticism and then the funding that goes into everything as well. They're just they're very well set up. So it is there is a gap, but at the same time, I mean, everybody loves March Madness because of Cinderella stories, and the same thing applies in soccer. Soccer, if not more than every other sport, you see the favorite go in and the favorite loses, and you're like, how, how do you have 20 shots and lose one zero? Happens all the time. So we're going in this swinging. No question. Fifth ever NCAA tournament appearance for the University of Montana soccer team. They take on South Carolina in Wilson, North Carolina, 4 p.m. Mountain Time on Thursday. Chris Chinovitsky joining us on the Coach's Corner. And, Coach, last question for you. If you are to spring the upset, what will it take? Because you mentioned, I mean, it, it, it can happen in soccer. So what, what will it take for Montana to move on in this 48-team field? Oh, we got to be – we need to play to our identity. If we step on the field and say, hey, we're just going to spend 90 minutes defending and hope this thing goes to a shootout, I, I don't think it's going to work out that way for us. We've got to try to play our way. Um, we've got to allow our seniors and our experienced players to express themselves by holding them back and saying defend only. I think that's the wrong thing to do. And so my message to the team is we got the uh, uh, reality says we should lose this game. But at the same time, ever since I've been here, all I preach is living outside the box and being delusional because if you're delusional, you can accomplish amazing things. So why not? Why not go in there, try to express ourselves? We have the level of talent that we need. Our starting 11 is very good. And so we're going to go out. We're going to play to the best of our ability. We're going to be extremely organized at this level. Set piece is a key. We've been working on those nonstop. And so you get the right corner, the right free kick, and the right spot at the right time, and you can win this game. So I feel like this team's ready to, to actually give it a shot, and we'll see what happens. Well, Coach, for everybody in the state of Montana, we wish you the best of luck. This has been fun following your squad all spring. It's been a great point of optimism for us here at ESPN Missoula. And uh, go take care of business on Thursday for us. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support. I must confess, I did my dates wrong. I just had it April 28th, but I realized today's the 27th, so that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Wednesday, not Thursday, Wednesday. I misspoke three times in that interview. It's not Thursday. It's Wednesday, tomorrow, 4 p.m. So we'll be live here on Nuanez Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. And uh, we'll have the live stream up, so we will give you updates uh, as the match marches along. Apologize for my error in reading the calendar. but uh, the At least you know people are listening. That's right. And they're fired up. 
That's Come right. On. That's I right. That's right. Thank you, everybody, for your texts into here. Speaking of texts, we're going to get to some of your texts right after this. We're up against it, though, so we got to get out. More on Nuanas now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV, right after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home What's up, Montana? Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, is in studio here with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in on the television, SWX Montana TV. We're all over the place today talking about all the sports that are going on because pretty much all the sports have been going on. So it's been fun catching up with all that sort of stuff. Um, I know, I don't need to justify this, but I know the football and basketball are the things that everybody loves. But here's the deal. Here's one of the things that I have always really tried to do. First of all, I think that there's phenomenal athletes. I actually think most of the best athletes in the state of Montana are they, they don't play. There's great, great athletes that play football and basketball, but they're the best athletes in the state of Montana don't participate in those sports as much as they do some of the what people might consider sort of fringe sports. I mean, Erica McLeod is one of the great athletes I've ever covered at the University of Montana, no question. Jeff Mole at Montana State. I mean, Christian Serratos, Patrick Casey. I mean, those guys are both pro runners out of Montana State. So I've always loved track and field and all that. So regardless, I'm not trying to justify. I just think that it's really fun sort of spreading it around and, and letting everybody know. And if you accomplish something at a high level in the sporting world, we're going to talk about it here at Nuanas Now. And that's what we're going to do right now as we now are going to welcome in in just a couple minutes Tristan Achenbach. She is a senior pitcher for the University of Montana softball team. But the Grizz softball team, this has been a fascinating year because I'm not re- I, I have no real gauge on them except for that I know this. They played an absolute powerhouse schedule early. They really stumbled out of the gate, but part of it was because of who they played. They have hit their stride. Since the weather's warmed up and they've been able to play some matches or some games at home, they have been performing a lot better. They're on a four-game winning streak entering their bye week this week, and uh, they've won six out of their last eight. And so now they sit there. They're one game below 500 in conference play, but they got a Big-time showdown coming up next weekend against Weber State. Weber State has been sort of the co-power in the big sky since Montana added softball. It's been kind of Weber and Montana uh, battling back and forth. And so the Lady Grizz are off this week, and then they have uh, three games set against Weber State next week. And then the Big Sky Conference championships are on the horizon. And the thing about softball is all that really matters is who's the hot teams going in. And if you got a good pitcher and you got a little momentum – 
anybody can win the tournament. Montana's got a good pitcher. In fact, they got a great pitcher in Tristan Ackenbach, and they might have a little momentum going in as well. So uh, Ackenbach, she is joining us in just a minute because new record holder. She won for the 31st time on Sunday against uh, as Montana beat Idaho State 4-2. to That was her 31st career victory passing Michaela Hood for all-time victories in the history of the University of Montana softball program. She is fun to watch. And for she is fun to watch, for, that's for sure. For what they have put as far as workload on her, I mean, she deserves more praise because it is more of, okay, in a three-game set, you're going to start game one, you're going to start game three, and if game two is close, you're going to come in relief in game two. And that's how she got all three wins against Idaho State. I couldn't agree more with you as far as the, the hot team going in. And I think just for folks that maybe don't know where the Big Sky Conference standings are at, you're excused, by the way. If you don't, it's Weber State and kind of everybody else. So if you get the right matchup or if Weber stumbles, this thing is absolutely wide open. I mean, Montana beat Southern Utah, who's in second place right now. They've got Weber coming in. If they can take two out of three next weekend, gives them enormous uh, momentum going into the conference tournament. So, yes, it's still wide open. I agree with what you're saying on this uh, on the team and their outlook. But more importantly, Tristan Achenbach deserves so much praise. She's been fun to watch and very fitting. She's the all-time wins leader at Montana. A little audio glitch at the very beginning of this interview that I had to cut out. So we're, we're coming into this uh, at the first little uh, rejoin. So uh, the first question I asked Tristan, it was not picked up. But here's the uh, full almost interview with Tristan Achenbach, Chris Softball Senior. And challenging, but it's also fun and exciting to get to be on the field with teams like that. Tristan Achenbach joining us on our Garden City Spotlight, where we highlight some of the best from around the city of Missoula each week here on Nuana is Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Garden City Spotlight presented to us by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. And Tristan, I wanted to ask you about this last weekend. You have a great victory on Sunday uh, to complete the series victory over Idaho State. 4-2, to the Grizz softball team wins over a conference opponent. And it was your 31st win as a Grizz pitcher, which then breaks the school record set by Michaela Hood uh, just a couple years ago. So when you think about that, I mean, what's that mean to you? I know the, the Grizz softball program only been around for a handful of years, but still pretty cool to have a school record. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was exciting because I think after the game, it was more fun to just be around my teammates, and they were just as excited for me. So that was just a fun experience. And Grizz softball is new and upcoming, so I'm sure there'll be someone better than me down the road that breaks the record, but it's still an exciting thing. Well, you still have some time to add to the record as well. Well, let's talk about your pitching background. I know you're from Shoto, but went to Great Falls CMR High School. So when did you first start pitching, and when did you first start falling in love with the sport of softball in general, but particularly being on the mound? Yeah, I think I started pitching, I don't even know how old I was. I was just super young, and I actually watched The Sandlot too, and was like, Mom, I want to do that. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's a yep. great movie. You should watch it. <laughs> and I was just like, Mom, I want to learn how to do that. And so she actually like bought a book that was like Pitching 101 or something, and she was in the backyard trying to teach me how to pitch, and I was probably like seven or so. And then I actually started pitching with, like, a pitching coach at, like, age eight. And so I just fell in love with pitching. I loved softball. And so it kind of just took off from there, I guess. 
It's so interesting, too, because so often you have to have a pitching coach. You don't have to, but a, a lot, oftentimes some of the best pitchers do have pitching coaches from a very young age. So why do you think that's important? I mean, it seems as if maybe pitching in softball is one of the most repetition-based skills you can have in any sport, right? Yeah, definitely a lot of repetition. I think there is definitely some mechanical and technical things that if you're not doing it right, you're not going to get the most out of your pitch. So just being able to learn from someone that knows what's going on, knows how to pitch and knows how to pitch well, definitely helps you in the long run and helps you achieve what you're trying to achieve. When did you first realize that maybe this was a, a great talent of yours, maybe that you could pursue this uh, beyond high school and into the college level? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't even know. I know that I just loved softball, and I loved playing softball. That's what I did all summer, every summer. And so I knew that I didn't want that to stop, so I was just doing whatever I could that I so that I could play college softball. Tristan Ackerbach joining us. It's our Garden City Spotlight presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates in Missoula. We do this each week highlighting some of the best athletic performances from around the city of Missoula. But, Tristan, you're actually from Shoto and, and then went to Great Falls CMR High School. So uh, what was that transition like? When did you first decide that maybe you needed to come to Great Falls for high school? And it was it just a matter of trying to find the best competition you could in softball? Actually, I... I went to Soto through my junior year, and then my dad ended up taking an associate principal job at CMR, and so my whole family just moved, and it really wasn't based on softball. It was just based on my family was moving, and so, which I wasn't upset about because I had been playing travel softball in Great Falls since I was just a little girl, so I knew some people, and it was a good experience, but it really was just because my family was moving. <laughs> I love it. Well, when you first got to the University of Montana, uh, Michaela Hood was still there, uh, was kind of the ace on the Grizz staff, so you were kind of the number two behind her for a couple years. So when you were uh, on the same pitching staff as her, what sort of things did you observe and, and maybe learn from her? Yeah, Michaela is a, she was such a great pitcher, and she was an even better person, and she taught me a lot, and she was just super competitive in all things that she did, and so I think that just that competitive nature and being around that, and I think what I loved about having her is that we always had each other's backs. Like, if she didn't, if she wasn't on her game that day, like, I could always come in and help her out, and if I wasn't on my game, she would always come in and have my back, so I just love being around her, and having just that good competitive nature. When you were growing up in Montana, when the Grizz softball team first started, was that exciting for you? Because, I mean, my sister-in-laws, they're both probably, oh, eight, ten years older than you are, but they both played softball growing up. But then it was kind of like, okay, high school's over, and there was no real regional team around, and so it was kind of just done. So I think this is so exciting for so many girls that grow up in Montana. Do you remember feeling like that? Yes, I definitely remember feeling like, yay, there's finally softball in Montana. And, of course, there were some other programs that are closer and whatever. But just, like, playing softball in Montana and then, like, knowing that, well, there's really no opportunities here. We're going to have to go out of the state if we want to play college softball. So I think it was really exciting for everyone knowing that Montana finally has softball and it's such a great sport that I think a lot of like our fans here are amazing and we have so many so I think it was just a great thing for 
girls to know we have this program, but also fans of Montana to love softball and really appreciate the game that we play. Let's talk about your team a little bit. Uh, obviously, um, the fact that you have compiled so many victories, uh, not just yourself, it's a team effort to be sure. I know you've struck out a lot of batters uh, over the last two years, led the league in strikeouts a year ago, but it takes a great defense behind you too, I'm sure. So what do you just think of the complexion of this team and, and how they contributed to you earning this school record of 31 career victories? Yeah, I think that you can only win a game by scoring runs, and I am a pitcher only. I don't hit, so that's all on my teammates. They score the runs, and I just do my best on the defensive end, and they also have my back and make play. So it's definitely a team effort all around, and I couldn't be more grateful for my teammates. I know that last game at Idaho State on Sunday, there were some really awesome plays being made. Our center fielder made a diving catch, and there was just a bunch of things that really goes into the game. So even though I get the win, I think it's definitely a team win all around and a team effort. Tristan Ackerbach joining us for our Garden City Spotlight, presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. Tell us about the landscape of the Big Sky this year. I know that uh, it's always a competitive league, but uh, how do you think the league stacks up to maybe the last couple of years you played in it? Yeah, it's weird because we didn't get to play conference play last year because of COVID. So it's it's been like two years since we've seen everyone, which is kind of a weird thing. But I honestly think it's it's anyone's game. I, there's there was quite a few upsets just this last week, so I think. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day, and that's what we're hoping for, and that's why we're just trying to catch our stride together and peak at the right time so that we're headed into our final series and the Big Sky Conference Tournament playing good softball. And That's all we really want, and I think the whole league probably feels the same way. Chris, softball, by this week, then the last weekend of the regular season, May 7th and 8th, the Grizz will play against Weber State, a perennial power in the Big Sky Conference, before then the tournament the weekend, uh, the week following. So, Tristan, softball is such a fun sport when it comes to tournament play. I mean, I'm sure growing up, you know, playing ASA, all that stuff, you were in softball tournaments just pretty much every weekend probably. So when you have an actual tournament on the horizon, how excited does that make you? I think it makes us really excited. It's exciting to get the opportunity to play for a Big Sky championship and just that whole dynamic, and it's different. You go from playing three-game series to tournament play. It's a little bit different, but it's really exciting, and I think everyone grows up playing in tournaments and ASA, travel softball. Like That's what you do every weekend is you just play in tournaments. So it's kind of like refreshing and fun and I think we're all really excited. The fact that now it is kind of winding down for you, a senior, uh, and only a, a few guaranteed softball games left, what are you feeling like right now? <laughs> I haven't really thought about it that way, if I'm being honest. I'm just excited that I get to be with my teammates still for a few more weeks and hopefully try and extend our season even another week. So, I'm just excited to get these opportunities to play. I think after last year, we got our season cut short. So it's just it's just a good feeling to be able to go out and play softball and enjoy ourselves and have fun. Tristan Akebach, the latest school record holder for the 
Grizz softball team. She posted her 31st career victory over the weekend as Montana beat Idaho State 4-2. Montana has this weekend off. Next weekend, a double dip against Weber State, 3 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. here in Missoula on Friday, May 7th, and then the third game of the series, Saturday against Weber State as well, 1 p.m. in Missoula. You can catch all three of those games right here at SWX Montana Television. We'll also keep you updated here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. On Nuana is now as the Grizz softball team wrap up their season. Big Sky Conference Championships in Ogden, Utah, May 13th through the 15th. This has been our Garden City Spotlight presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates with Tristan Achenbach, senior pitcher from the University of Montana softball team. And Tristan, it's been a great pleasure. Best of luck with the rest of your senior season. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon, hopefully to talk some tournament. But in the meantime, be well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great student-athletes everywhere around the state of Montana and a uh, lot to be proud of, to be sure. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. That was our Garden City Spotlight with Tristan Achenbach, a senior pitcher for the Grizz softball team. Garden City Spotlight proudly presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. Dr. Morris, the best in the business. You need your wisdom teeth out? Go see Dr. Morris. You have a medical emergency with something uh, in your Teeth, your oral structure, go see Dr. Morris. If you have an accident like I did where you get your teeth knocked out, you need a bridge, an implant, a root canal, anything like that, you want to go see an oral surgeon, I promise. It's way more efficient. It's going to last you way longer. It's going to be way more gentle, way less pain, all of it. So go see Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates. You can visit oralsurgicalassociates.com for more information today. More of your text messages and FCS football talk. After this on Nuana is Now. Keep it right here. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Hope everybody's having a great Tuesday. Thanks so much for spending some of your time with us. You're listening to Nuanez now. I am Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. Uh, he's here. He's listening to some stories <laughs> from Tommy uh, Tommy Evans. You want to listen to some good music right after this show. Just switch it up one notch on your dial, 103.3 FM, The Trail. Tommy has the new show like he does each and every Tuesday. So he debuts music from all across the world. He's, it's crazy how many CDs and things he gets. Uh, so be sure to tune in to the new show with the main man, Tommy Coffey, over there on The Trail. Right after you get done here with us on Nuanez Now. All right, we only have a couple minutes. We're probably going to have to circle back around to this uh, next week. But uh, a couple pieces of feedback here. We were talking all things FCS football, FCS playoffs, Bobcats, Grizz, all that stuff. But Riley was on the Grizz fan pod last night, and uh, he went down the journey that is uh, the the rambling and, and never-ending, but also awesome and really so fun. Much fun. It's super so fun. much fun. It, it, it's it totally is. different than radio oh or even doing gosh. podcasts together, right? I mean... Two hours. There's not many times where we're doing something for, I mean, it's ironic because the show is two hours, sure. but I'm just saying like yeah. sitting down and talking for one topic, no breaks, no format, and it's just 
fun with four guys that are passionate about it. So no doubt it was fun doing that last night. So text from a big time Bobcat person. <laughs> Who listened to the Grizz Fan Pod. Which is, by the way, why we love this place so much. So we're talking in April, and anyway, keep going. He says, your boy Riley's losing it. He said the Grizz linebackers are a better unit than the Cat linebackers. Apparently, he has not heard of Troy Anderson or ever watched Callahan O'Reilly. I don't think Jace Lewis or Robbie Houck starts for MSU. I responded to that because I think that Jace Lewis starts for everybody. He's the preseason MVP I mean, of the league. Come I mean, on. You know, there's, I, yeah, the rivalry is what it is. It's all good, but... Let's be honest here. I mean, Jace Lewis is 130 tackles and 10 I sacks mean, last year. Yeah, he's an All-American. Yeah, Jace Lewis is All-American. So, regardless, this got into a couple different debates that we were talking about. And uh, there, the, the premise that these guys will start here, these guys will start there, well, I think it's a moot point, first of all, because it's completely different schemes. Robbie Houck in the Grizz, it's basically a, what would you call it, a 3-2-6 flex is kind of what it is. 3-2-5 with a flex? Right. I mean, but yes. The but they play, they play a rover, and then they also play, Robbie Houck is like a strong safety who's also an inside linebacker. Right. So he runs the alley. His He's the last line of defense, but he's also like probably the number three guy in the run fit behind the two inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. That, so, But he is perfect for that spot. So, to say that he wouldn't start at Montana State, well, could he be like a free safety in a in a nickel scheme? I, I think he wouldn't be as good of a player in that, but that's here or there. He's perfect for the spot, and I also think he's a great player in his own right, period. So, we're not here to debate that. But the, other, the thing I want to hash out is, is the Torrey Anderson thing, because I have such a hard time articulating this without trying to sound like a hater. I will say this. Troy Anderson is the most naturally talented player that I have ever covered in college football. He's the most naturally talented player I've ever covered. That's a big statement. I also think that the way that his career has gone has been equal parts thrilling, compelling, and unfortunate. If it was up to me, I would have had Troy Anderson as the touchdown maker the whole time in his career. I know I'm in the gigantic minority in that, but the best way I could sum up what I think of Troy Anderson is that I think Troy Anderson is best when he's running away from people or when he's chasing people down. I think he's the third best skill he has is when he's playing off the edge or in space. And I was I responded to the uh, Kevin's texts by saying that I think that Troy Anderson I think that Troy Anderson has all league potential at Will Linebacker, yet I still think Will Linebacker is Troy Anderson's maybe sixth, seventh, or eighth best position he could play on the football field. It, Troy Anderson's best position he could play on the football field, uh, objectively, I think, is as a, a Wildcat-style quarterback. I think that's the way he has the most impact on the game. Number two, I think it's playing on the edge on defense. Number three, I think he could be a, a phenomenal strong safety in the right scheme. Number four, like a big nickel-slash-outside linebacker hybrid, like a Sam linebacker. Then I think if he dedicate himself and put on the weight, a defensive end, then I think he'd be better. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 